You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Think of what Jesus said. Such a source of encouragement. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I will never, ever leave you. I will never forsake you. In other words, there will never be a time in your life, no matter what happens in your life, when I will not be there for you. How comforting it is to know that the Lord is always with us. He's aware of our every thought, even before we think it. He knows us better than we know ourselves. In today's message with Pastor J.D., we learn that the Lord is not only an all-knowing God, but He is an all-present God as well. He's always with us. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 139, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Psalm 139. This is a psalm of David, and we're told that it's for the chief musician. Some believe the chief musician is the Lord Himself, that this song, this psalm was written for and to. Verse 1, David writes, by the Spirit, O Lord, You have searched me, this word in the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament for searched, carries with it the idea of you have examined me. You have done a thorough examination of my heart, so much so that you know me. (laughs) He says, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. In other words, you know my every thought. (laughs) Think about this. Every thought we think, He knows we're going to think before we think it. Did that come out right? Let me try that again. He knows everything we're going to think before we think it. He knows everything we're going to do before we do it. He knows us. David's going somewhere with this in his magnificent description of the omniscience of God. God is all-knowing. God knows me more than I could ever know myself. He knows things about me that nobody else knows. Verse 3, you comprehend my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there, verse 4, is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, 
you know it all together. In other words, you know every word that I'm going to speak before I speak it. You have hedged me, verse 5, behind and before. In other words, there's a guard that you have set up in front of me, and there's a guard that you have set up behind me. And laid your hand upon me. Your hand is on me. That's a good thing, by the way. The hand of the Lord is on him. He says, verse 6, and this is interesting. This all-knowing God, this omniscient God, who knows me so well, David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. In other words, there is no way that I can get my mind around how much you know about me in your omniscience. Your guard that you have set up in front of me, and behind me. This is too high for my understanding. I cannot even begin to fathom it. I cannot comprehend it. And then in verse 7, he goes from the omniscience of God to the omnipresence of God, meaning the all-knowing God who is also the all present God. This God not only knows me, this God is always with me wherever I go. I think of what Jesus said, such a source of encouragement. He says, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I will never, ever leave you. I will never forsake you. In other words, there will never be a time in your life, no matter what happens in your life, when I will not be there for you and be there with you. So now this is what David's going to sort of talk about here as he transitions from God's omniscience to God's omnipresence. He says, verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. There's nowhere I can go where you will not be, because you are everywhere with me. Even if I wanted to, I don't want to. But even if I wanted to, I could never run from you. Ask Jonah about that, by the way, who tried to get away from God. What was he thinking? He wasn't thinking. I mean, in all fairness to him, you sort of can't blame him for God to call him and say to him, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to tell them 
that they're going to be destroyed if they don't repent. In other words, I want you to go and preach the gospel to them. That would be the equivalent of going to the Islamic State. I never call them ISIS by their acronym, by the way. I think it guts out the seriousness of what this group is. It is the Islamic State. Very evil, demonic, satanic. And this was the equivalent of what the Ninevites were. I mean, they would do unthinkable things to the Israelites. You'll forgive the the graphic description. I mean, it's there in the scriptures recorded for us, but they would prey on the weak, the elderly, the infirmed, the lame, the blind, the crippled. And they would take them and they would impale them and they would skin them alive and they would place them outside the city as a deterrent. As you pulled up into Nineveh, that's what you would see. I mean, these were evil people. And now Jonah's being called to go to Nineveh. And he's like, I'm not, not only am I not going, uh, I don't want them to repent and be saved. I want you to like torch them <laughs> and judge them for how evil they are. And so he tries to flee. You know what's really interesting about the whole account with Jonah is the big fish barfs him up on the beach. He doesn't even preach a message of repentance. You know what he basically says to them? He doesn't say, hey, you need to get saved. No, you know what his, his message was? In 40 days, <laughs> God is going to judge you. And I'm going to have a front row seat because I'm going to go over here and I can't wait because I'm going to watch him just, I mean, torch you. And they all repent. You know what's interesting about Jonah? If he were alive today, he would probably never be asked to speak at a conference. But yet this guy was, God used this guy to bring a whole nation to repentance and to a saving knowledge of the God of Israel. And I think about Jeremiah. Here he pre they call him the weeping prophet. I can't wait till we get to Jeremiah. They call him the weeping prophet. Did not have one salvation from anyone. He would preach and nobody listened. And yet you compare these, these men that that God used. It's just, again, confirmation that God has an amazing sense of humor. I mean, I, you need look no further than, you know, the mirror every morning, as I do, to realize God has a sense of humor. You cannot run from God. Try as you may, wherever you go, He is there. Verse 9, if I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. <laughs> Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, verse 11, surely the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light. 
about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. There's no distinction between them. And then verse 13, and this with verse 14, are well known and for good reason. Uh, Maybe I could be so bold as to say that it basically, these two verses single-handedly, make it laughable, this notion of evolution. I'll take it a step further and perhaps even more boldly suggest that so too does it bring to the forefront the abomination that is abortion. Let's read the two verses and then perhaps you'll indulge me. David writes, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts, You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Okay, let's try to just kind of work through this just for a little bit. I think we would do well to do so. Let's start with the forming of the inward parts within the mother's womb. Now, interestingly, we know from Scripture that God knew us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. Having gone through seven pregnancies, of which we lost three in the womb, and having experienced the death of our four-year-old daughter, Noel, I have had the privilege of going through the whole sonogram and, you know, the whole process. Now the technology is such where they have what they call 4D, where you can see the baby when they do those ultrasounds in the womb, and you can see the progress as they begin to form, as they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you know that early in the pregnancy, that baby can start to hear. When I learned of this, I went out and bought what they called a fetal phone. It's this hideous looking device that you put on the womb and you can talk in the other end of it. It's not amplified, but it carries your voice into the womb, and the baby can hear the voice, certainly of the mother, but I wanted 
them to hear my voice too, which might explain some of the neurological conditions that they have to this day all these years later. But I would sing to them. That was probably part of the problem. But I would also play worship music. And I would actually read the Word of God with worship music in the background through this fetal foam. My wife, such a good sport, bless her heart. She'd let me, you know, strap her to this thing, and I'd put the fetal phone in. Because I knew that my baby in the womb could hear. I know I've shared this before, but when our firstborn son was born, and I was just, you know, of course I was just overjoyed, and we already had his name picked out, Elias. And I'm like, Elias, Elias. And of course, you know, I, I got to cut the umbilical cord and they, they take the baby, they put him on, you know, the mom's chest and, you know, initially. But as soon as they did that, I was crying, Elias, Elias. And he turned his head, his wobbly head, looked over, made eye contact with me as if to say, I know that voice. <laughs> you, you're the one that was singing to me the whole time I was trying to sleep. Oh, that placenta was so warm and the ambionic fluid and mommy's womb was so comfortable and you kept waking me up. That's why I kicked a lot too, by the way fearfully and wonderfully made as you watch the gestation period and just the marvel of how God created us. I don't know if you've ever done a study of this. I'm, I wish I had the mind and the intellect to be able to do this, but just take the eye, for example, just the intricacy. Our eyes have the ability in a millisecond to distinguish between some 300 million different tones. Wow. Have you ever just thought about just our eyes? how amazing and how intricate our eyes are? How about our ears, the sounds that we take in? How about the, the smell, something we don't think much about? Very powerful. It reaches a part of the brain and it can trigger so many memories. You can smell a scent and it will bring you back some how many years ago because of the area of the brain that it impacts. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just the capacity that we have, the intellect that we have, the abilities that we have. I want to bring evolution into the discussion just for a moment. <laughs> have you ever heard somebody say, I know there's a God, there has to be a God. When I saw my child born, I mean, that th there has to be a God. That, that cannot be. And there can be no other possible explanation. Just the miracle of birth itself. The idea that 
we evolved? It's as, I like how one illustrated it, it's as absurd and ludicrous as saying that there was this explosion in a junkyard and it created this Boeing 747. Hey, does that not take more faith to believe than God created us and we're fearfully and wonderfully made? I don't want to talk too much about abortion, but I think it is fitting in the context of this psalm. But that is a life and conception, that's when life begins at conception. The heartbeat, that is a person in that womb. It is not a fetus. I know that's the medical term. That is a person that is fearfully and wonderfully made, and it is a marvel. And David here again is trying as eloquent as he is, inspired by the Spirit of God, as the sweet psalmist of Israel, he is trying, as he may, to wrap his mind around just the marvel of how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So not only does God know us, God is also with us, and God created us and formed us. And then he says, verse 15, he's building up to something here. Just be patient. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them. Now look in verse 18 as he tries to even grasp how often it is that God thinks about him. He says, verse 18, if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds, The author's lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us, calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website 
at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.